Bishop Tom Bailey from the diocese of Spokane here in eastern Washington, and this is the Bishop and Vickers radio show. Joining me, Father Connell, who is the Vicar General and Rector of Our Lady of Lourdes Cathedral here in Spokane, Father Pat Kirst, who is the pastor of St. Thomas More, Vicar for Priests, and Father Brian Mee, pastor of St. Augustine's and Vicar for Finance. We're talking about, uh, very simply, um, hell. Uh, yeah, that's and, true. Uh, it's not that word. simple. Yes. And, you know, um, there are certain, uh, I think, you know, I asked the question before we began taping, uh, recording the episode, when did we first hear about Helen? Uh, Father Kirst uh, never heard about it, but he said he no. read about it. And what is some of your favorite <laughs> cartoons involving hell? Well, certainly mine is the old Gary Larson Farside cartoon in which he had uh, his... His cartoon split into two, and on the top uh, was people coming into heaven, and on the bottom were people coming into hell, and on the top, the angel was greeting the person saying, welcome to heaven, here's your harp, and on the bottom, there was the devil uh, greeting people and saying, welcome to hell, here's your accordion. And not to offend or shame anyone who's playing the accordion, because that is a very important liturgical... It's a a rich instrument. And every polka. When you asked uh, 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 off... Uh, off, off. off whatever this off, off the air off, off the, the air, air yes uh, I thought back to my childhood and um, most people think about hell as as a place of fire and heat and the first time I heard about hell though it was a cold spring day and I was outside playing and in the grass and the mud and came inside and I walked on the carpet and my dad said get the hell out of here mm-hmm. that's, oh. that's my first uh, okay. experience yeah. with hell yeah <laughs> he's a good man your mom and dad are God still rest alive. his soul. Yeah. Oh, no, wait a minute. He's still, yeah. oh, he's he's still, still with us. Still oh, <laughs> Sorry, Dad. Love you, man. Uh, how about, uh, follow me, what about you and your uh, relationship with hell? <laughs> well, my favorite rendering of hell, I think, would um, be Michelangelo's uh, Final Judgment in the Sistine Chapel. And there's a scene in hell, there's a gentleman down there with. Uh, ass's ears on or donkey ears on. And and the story behind that is when he first went in, he's actually the uh, papal uh, master of ceremonies for Pope Sixtus. He went into the Sistine Chapel as uh, Michelangelo was working on it, and he realized that Michelangelo had all of these uh, saints in heaven ungarbed, especially the women. Some of them were rather um, attractive, and he didn't think that was appropriate for the Sistine Chapel. He went and complained to the Pope. The Pope told um, Michelangelo to put clothing, especially on St. Catherine of Siena, which he did, but he was not pleased by that. So he puts this master of ceremony into the very darkest depths of hell <laughs> with uh, the donkey ears on. Mm-hmm. Once again, the master of ceremony goes back to the Pope and complains about this. And the Pope said, now, where does he have you? He says, he put me in hell. And... Uh, the Pope simply said, oh, my son, my son, if he had only put you into purgatory, the Pope could have done something about that. <laughs> but there is no getting out of hell. Right. Oh, right. That's right. Well, there's some, uh, you know, you, I remember when I first started teaching, there was uh, one of the theology teachers no longer with us who commented that she didn't believe hell existed and that um, 
she felt that hell was the present life. Now, maybe this individual was going through some very difficult things, but uh, we don't define theologically hell as a place, more of a state of the total absence of God. Is that uh, theologically uh, what we were teaching today, or um, is that up for grabs? I think that's pretty fundamental teaching of hell is just uh, being separated from God for all eternity. And what what greater punishment could there be? And I guess one of the difficulties about saying, you know, my life is hell um, and that, you know, I'm going through hell here and now is that, you know, people who say that <clears throat> don't choose their state in life. Usually they're, they're suffering or they're in a difficult state, uh, oftentimes through no fault of their own. And yet, you know, the theology of hell is, involves a certain... Uh, Involves free will, huh? The, the, the not just stumbling into rejecting God, and um, but actually willfully choosing choosing that. Mm -hmm. I think there can be a scrupulosity of, oh well, if I did this, I'm going to hell. Mm -hmm. uh, that may be, but one of the things the Catechism says is uh, one that goes to hell is someone who has committed a mortal sin and persisted in that sin. So I think part of it is uh, allowing some evil act to become something that becomes habitual, which is far different than one who has fallen into sin, but uh, truly is contrite for that sin. If I might plagiarize one of our brother priests who shall remain nameless, and he might have been plagiarizing someone else in a homily. But it seems to be the trend. He did, he did make the remark in a homily that I didn't hear but heard about and then confirmed it with him that he had in fact uh, gone down this road. And he simply posited the question in his homily, what if heaven and hell are the same place? His point being that for those who want to be with God, what better joy is there for all eternity than to be with him forever? Whereas for those who don't want to be with God, what greater punishment could there be for all eternity than to have to be with God? That's interesting. Hmm. Yeah. I was think it? that was plagiarized. Was that plagiarized? Yeah, <laughs> I, I can't recall who it was, but it was something like that. What, what more difficult thing would there be than for a sinner uh, tr truly recognizing uh, the uh, depravity of their actions when they're faced face to face with God. Mm -hmm. Wasn't though, I thought that was that homily that uh, Father Kirst gave, that uh, was it, is heaven is where the French are the cooks and hell is where uh, the English are cooks or something, there's, there's a line like that. I don't want to get... This is a little racist. No, no, it's, it's not. It was actually... Nationalist. Nationalist. No, it was... And the Germans uh, run the trains... Um, and, and the, in heaven, and the Italians run the trains in yeah. hell. Oh, well, you studied there. Uh, those of us who are domestically trained, but I, I, right. I have been there. Um, but what about uh, those who... Again, with Father Me mentioned uh, scrupulosity, I think there was a time when some people thought that the church uh, overemphasized uh, heaven and hell. Uh, and then today it's as if, well, the belief that, well, it doesn't matter who you are, we're all going to uh, heaven, so to speak. There's no sense of justice. And I think, you know, in Scripture, maybe for our listening audience, where in Scripture do you feel that Jesus speaks most graphically about the reality of of hell and of heaven. Any but, favorite passages? Well, from the scripture? last judgment scene from the 25th chapter of the Gospel of Matthew is is pretty clear. It's it's a it's a parable, but uh, st still, we've got the sheep and the goats, and the the sheep are those who uh, cared for others in their need, and the goats were those who were indifferent to others in their need. And one was welcomed into God's heavenly kingdom, and the other into the fires of hell. And yet, an interesting part of that passage is that neither group really knew. 
what right. merited heaven or hell. Or right. They right. Just, they're all, sur- they're all they surprised. They lived their lives, and all of them were surprised. The ones who were damned were surprised, and those who got to go to heaven were surprised. Yep. When the C.S. Lewis's book, The Great Divorce, is is a dream not to, uh, what do we call that when you reveal the end of a movie? Uh, spoiler? Yeah, spoiler. You're a yeah, spoiler. spoiler alert. Or, yeah. you're, or you're spoiled. Uh, never spoiled, <laughs> no. Not not in, in the hardworking America I'm from. But uh, in, in C.S. Lewis's, there's that m- multiple descriptions. And in, in the greatest sin that seems to separate someone from uh, from God is is the sin of pride. And that, um, in fact, in, and also we may have spoken about this in the in the movie, the the Exorcist. It's uh, when the young priest, Father Karras, uh, asks Father Marin, um, "Why does this happen?" And he said, "The devil tries to convince us we're unlovable." You would think that perhaps as Catholics, as, as Christians, where we live and understand heaven and hell, we say that in what part of the mass? This is just a test for the vicars. No, no. When I'm sorry, I wasn't paying attention. <laughs> no, I wasn't. You can put a tuna fish sandwich back there. This show's really bottomed out. <laughs> can you try that again, Your yeah, Excellency? Yeah, we're listening now. Now we're all listening. What about the creed? Do we where in the fine do we hear about final judgment in the creed or the judge of the living and the dead? Uh, in the last part of the creed. Okay. Uh, you want a little bit more to our listening it's, audience? It's much clearer in the Apostles' Creed. It is, yes. He Where he descended into, into hell. hell, which reminds me of a, uh, an icon that they have in one of our parishes, Immaculate um, Conception Parish in Colville, Washington, um, the uh, sea city of, the, of Stevens County. They, when they built their new church there, um, they... Under, under what pastor? Uh, I guess that would have been me. Yes, well, <laughs> we oh. uh, had an icon painted or written, I guess, of Christ uh, uh, <clears throat> standing on a tomb and there are these gates and he's using the cross as a kind of a rescue ladder for Adam and Eve, and the the, the doors of or the yeah the doors of hell have been broken over, o- open, and Adam and Eve are climbing out uh, on the cross. So depicting his his descent into hell. Hmm. I used to have when I taught school, I had um, and maybe the artists in the in the mix of the vicars. It was this. I don't know if it was an icon, but it was a picture, and it's a. It's going to a ladder going to heaven, and there's little devils with. It was light work. bright. Uh, no, Wasn't it light bright? No, you had that when you were a salesman for Hasbro. Uh, it's it's the people being picked off the ladder, and falling into hell. So I would put the students' names by, and they would be moving oh. depending upon how they performed on the final exam. Oh, yeah. Okay. We, we it was kind of a kinder, gentler American. But, <laughs> um, what where is that from art in art history? And don't say it's Norman Rockwell <laughs> because. Um, I don't Father know. me, did you? I thought you studied art. <laughs> Not enough, evidently. Bishop, you had mentioned earlier that um, well, one of the things uh, hell is a thing of justice, but I think it just the um, concept of hell is also um, the concept of or it's of liberty as well. It, it speaks of free will yes. that we we are the ones that choose hell or not, and that's certainly in in Dante's Inferno. Uh, he's bringing out two things. We have intellect and will, and will is actually what he desires to deal with more in uh, his divine comedy, that we choose these things. And, um, you know, you mentioned as well pride, and for Dante, in that journey through the Inferno, he's constantly going down, uh, down, one ring, down, down, down. But finally, what? Uh, so he's humbling himself, but when he comes out from hell, he comes out, he says, 
uh, when we when we exit from there, we looked up and we saw the stars. And so in that whole thing of him recognizing that it's in, we have free will, it's in humbling ourselves to recognize uh, our sinfulness, that's the way that we escape hell. And then in uh, going through that journey, we see the stars, which of course he's referring to as uh, heaven and where we are to find the throne of God. I think that one of the issues that when people um, talk about uh, final judgments and, and, and heaven and hell, uh, the thought that anything would be eternal, uh, that I think none of us can really understand what that means, but, um, uh, you know, the people who perhaps say that, you know, you'll, you'll get a second chance, uh, and, the, and back to, again, C.S. Lewis's The Great Divorce, the whole premise of it is, is uh, it was a, a English, I think, author who had written kind of a book about people got occasionally a weekend off from hell, and that's kind of what became the premise of it. And um, so in the weekend off, it's, it's kind of more or less an understanding of, of, of purgatory, which, of course, uh, you know, purgatory is a place of transition, of purification, but hell is, is the final destination. It's as if your flight has been canceled. Uh, and we'll get back at our neck after the break on who do we think is in hell. (laughs) Welcome back to the Bishop and Vickers. Today's topic for our show is hell, and um, Father Connell uh, was shaking at the break, um, a little nervous. A reason yeah. for that? Well, I, I was uh, just reflecting on the fact that uh, we, uh, you know, we spent the first part of the show kind of in various ways joking about about hell, and uh, I, uh, I think the part of the reason that we have hell jokes and far side and all that is that, on some level, um, there's a certain amount of fear around hell, and I know. I guess for me personally, um, that is the that is the case. Uh, mm, with I, reason. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, it's probably you know something to go in with the spiritual director about. But yeah, I mean, on some level, maybe it's my Irish upbringing or something. I mean, I do um, fear the loss of heaven and the pains of hell as I go throughout my life, and that and for good or for bad. Uh, I wish my motivation was more probably for. Um, God's love and responding to God's love, but it, hell is a reality, and and um, uh, so there is a certain amount of, of, of I guess of, of fear that comes from that, which which uh, you know reminds me of the, the many times when I'm with people who are dying, um, you have the beautiful uh, commendation of the dying, uh, in which you um, you know commend the person to God and invite them to to go uh, to meet the angels and the saints as they as they go forth from this world, and it's really a beautiful moving prayer. And I've had times when I felt a little kind of jealous of the person is there I think gosh in just a, a little bit of time you're going to pass from this world the next and be in the presence of God and um, they've received the sacraments of the church and um, and just that that wonder of, of what that's going to be like and uh, and 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 the, a peace that comes with that so I guess you know as, as we joke about hell um, I think it reflects a reality of, of fear but also to like maybe a challenge for me anyway to um, entrust my life and my prayer my, my ministry more to just the unconditional love and God, love uh, and mercy that God does has that God does have for me. 
I think the, the, the whole message of God's mercy is, is very much entrusted to the church and Pope Francis is uh, in the year for mercy and he's extended on the, the missionaries of mercy, which we have as, as priests of our diocese, uh, Monsignor Pearson, Father Barnett, and Father Blackburn, the, the uh, Franciscan pastor of St. Francis of Sissi, to convey God's mercy. But, you know, again, at the break, uh, we were talking and Father Me was talking, speaking about why, why we need hell in the sense of God's, uh, not that he wants anyone there, uh, because his favorite um, song, Father Me's, uh, is Heaven is a Place on Earth by Belinda Carlisle, which he heard her speak <laughs> at the Uncle Jerry Lee Music Hall in Butte, Montana. But back to, to hell, um, why is it? I mean, free will, speak a little bit about that, Father Me, please. I do want to talk about Belinda Carlisle. I'm not promoting hell, but I think um, certainly... Hell now more than ever? Hell now more than ever. And that might be well put. I I mean, I think we need hell on this side of um, death more than on the other side. Mm -hmm. It really does uh, awaken, you know, what was it? Uh, Samuel Johnson who says that nothing uh, awakens and makes a mind keener than realizing that they're going to be hanged the next day. And uh, it's kind of that sense of, well, not that we should keep hell before our eyes daily, but it's recognizing that what we do on this earth is worthwhile and is important now. And, um, you know, if it's just, well, we're all good people and we're all going to go to heaven, well, God willing, that will happen. And that's that's would be wonderful. But it does take away that liberty or that freedom, that gift that God gave us to choose. I mean, it's like saying, um, we choose our friends, you know, one can't force a friendship on us. Well, God is not forcing his friendship upon us. He's asking us to choose him, uh, as, and we have that choice. And choosing him, of course, um, we find our fullness in our relationship with God. And that absence of God will bring about a complete emptiness, and that's basically what hell is. And as being said, we want to make these choices in favor of God and His way, and and ideally the motivation for that is is love, love of God, desire for heaven out of love, and but sometimes it's fear, and that verbiage of the the uh, older act of contrition, you know, I fear the pains of of hell. Think, well, what are the pains? I know as I was a child, the pains of hell was, oh my gosh, it's fires, you're going to be flesh is going to be burning, I'd burn myself before. That's for all eternity. I'm going to be feeling that pain. For but all as I, of eternity. But as I got all smarter and, and learned that, well, you know, our bodies are transformed and it's not going to be the experience of physical pain like I experience it now, what kind of pain is it going to be? The spiritual pain of being separated from God and, and uh, for for all eternity, there's there's a real pain. And But we got those images of hell that's captured in artwork and, and, and flows from scripture of, of a place of fire, and just today, as we're taping the show, the the mass readings for the day were Jesus' wonderful readings about plucking your eye out and cutting your hand off, and so forth, and and mention of Gehenna, uh, and which was a place of fire back in those days. That was where that was the garbage dump for Jerusalem. Things were burning all the time to to burn up whatever. Plus, it was associated historically with pagan ritual child sacrifices, so uh, a natural place to use as imagery for what the experience of hell is like. Um, however, in, in current day, it's no longer the dump for Jerusalem. It's it's now a beautiful park. And I actually spent the night in Gehenna when I lived in Jerusalem because the... You have the, a timeshare there, don't you? Yeah, the, well, the public transportation <laughs> doesn't run during the Sabbath. Yeah. So we wanted to go to the 
uh, Easter sunrise service in, <coughs> in Old City, Jerusalem. So we went in on Easter vigil night, went to the Easter vigil at the Church of St. Anne in English, and then took our sleeping bags, and we, uh, two of us, and we slept in Gehenna that night. Hmm. And Gehenna now is beautifully landscaped, uh, bushes and, and amphitheaters and grass, and, and there's a sign at the end that says, you know, all of this was done by a gift of the Wolfson Foundation in London, England. So I thought, well, that was nice of the Wolfson Foundation to renovate hell. It was, it's very nice now. <laughs> there's a petting zoo there, isn't there? Yeah. So. Uh, <laughs> the what? The petting zoo. Yeah. <laughs> there might be, yeah. What if Jesus, this is a question sometimes raised, uh, if Jesus is love, then why does he teach hell? For the reasons of justice, of uh, free will? Uh, but how could Jesus love us completely if he doesn't love the fact that we have free will? And if we have free will, then it's not because of Christ's love. Um, it's something, again, that what well, we're choosing. We're, it's about our love, our choosing to love God or not. In the uh, image of Fatima, or uh, uh, the lady told um, Lucy about uh, there was a glimpse of hell, which uh, sometimes when we celebrate the, the feast of Our Lady of Fatima or we're having a discussion of uh, the four things, it was a very graphic image that scared, um, scared the children. Uh, they understood it as a way, uh, uh, those who write about Fatima, to incite them to greater efforts of saving sinners. Um, but they, they were scared by that, the thought of dying of terror. And um, I think it is the, the role that, you know, as, as priests, as, as the bishop of the diocese, that we um, speak to the people of God, both uh, as they read scripture and as we reflect on in homilies, about um, how Jesus was very clear on uh, how we live our life and accountability, not meant as, as uh, Father Connell said, to scare us, but rather is to see that it is his love that is uh, profound, even when we don't deserve his love, that, that will inspire us to, to, be, to help others come to know Christ and his love and mercy. But to do that requires uh, knowledge ourselves, I think, of, of God's love. What do you see um, in, in your parishes or your dealings with people what might be the biggest obstacle the church has to, to proclaim this message of God's love and his mercy and the reality of, of eternal life, whether uh, with God uh, in, in heaven or, sadly, that the reality of hell, the total absence of God? Any thoughts on that from your experience in your vast ex life in, as parish priest? Don't all talk at once. Mm -hmm. Well, I, I, it's a, I think it's a challenge in terms of preaching and teaching because um, you have some people who, frankly, I, you know, I don't know that they really believe in hell and, and, uh, and other people who are, perhaps as Father Mies said earlier, scrupulous about it. And so it, it's just a delicate, um, um, I guess, a delicate balance based on where people are coming from. And people, again, are kind of all over the lot on this issue. Um, uh, and uh, so it, it's a challenge in, in, terms of, in terms of preaching. And it's probably a, a whole show in itself, but uh, I think there's, there's not a whole lot of support in our day-to-day -day life for looking beyond what we have now, because especially where we live here in the beautiful Inland Empire, uh, in many ways it's, it's a pretty comfortable life, and, and there's, I think, easy to slip into just being satisfied with what we have now, and why would we look for anything more? And, and obviously, it was the people who come to mass on Sundays. They're the they're those people who are in fact looking for more and, and looking 
beyond this life and wanting to connect to something eternal and and that's of course a, a wonderful experience to get get all of us together and praise God and ask his mercy and and continue growing in the ways of holiness with that ultimate goal of being invited into the the gift of heaven but uh, uh, that's not something immediately supported just by our way of life at least in my experience in this part of the world I think earlier Bishop you mentioned well uh, someone asking the question if Christ loves us how can he permit a hell and I um, it's because of his love for us that he warns us about a danger and I think as uh, Father Kirst was just saying We've kind of numbed ourselves uh, in our society today just with the comforts and pleasures that we have and then convincing ourselves, well, um, certainly there, God wouldn't permit anything as bad as hell. Uh, but we, we perhaps do not reflect on enough, well, God warning us, Christ warning us about hell is uh, a true love of saying there is a danger in walking this life and therefore use your free will well use your life well i think you know when you talk to people uh, uh you know sometimes we mention some people are overly scrupulous about that but i do think as we have a responsibility uh as we preach the gospel and, and live the gospel to call all of us to that awareness of, of God's love and mercy, but the reality of justice. I remember uh, having a conversation where I put on the board, God is love and God is, is just in between his mercy. And I remember a young man, I said, where do, where do you think is, is justice more on the, or mercy more on the love side or the justice side? I remember a student who never said anything before said, oh, clearly it's on, on the love side. And I think as we enforce and share uh, the message of, of, of Christ as our Savior. Uh, we talk about saving us from the eternal fires of hell, that, that kind of graphic image. But it is a reminder that we must be accountable for our lives, uh, open to God's grace, and um, at all possible, the healing that comes from the sacraments, uh, and yet the reality of, of, of God's gift of free will to us means that we uh, will be accountable to our life. And I think as we, uh, kind of a difficult topic, but one that is very important as we speak of maybe another show will be on the four last days, we might conclude with what is called the Fatima prayer and ask that our listening audience also uh, have this a part of their lives. So we pray. Oh my Jesus, forgive us our sins, save us from the fires of hell, lead all souls to heaven, especially those who most need thy mercy. Amen. God bless.